This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, well, we're going to get into the message tonight. We are on what I believe is part six of our Call of Duty series. We're on part six, and we've studied some, I mean, we've got into this for the past five weeks, looking at spiritual warfare. Has anybody learned anything out of this series? I mean, it's kind of tied in with our Sunday morning thing quite a bit, but we have established that no doubt about it, there is spiritual warfare. It's not just something that we made up to have another topic to discuss. Uh, there is an enemy and he's not made up whether you acknowledge his existence or not. He's just as real and it is the devil. And the, and the word tells us in first Peter that he goes around as a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so Half of your problem is that a lot of Christians, they don't even realize they're at war. They're a soldier standing out there on the battlefield getting shot at. They're like, I don't, warfare, what are you talking about? I don't even know. And, and a large majority of the populace doesn't even believe that the devil exists. Well, the devil does exist. I don't give him glory. I don't magnify him. He is not God's evil equivalent. He's not equal with God power-wise, but he is real. And until you realize that, and until you are willing to fight, you're probably going to lose the battle. And so what we're going to talk about this week is this. The title would be, Don't Be an Easy Target. Don't Be an Easy Target. And I heard Dr. Barclay talking about when he was in Vietnam, of course, he was a Marine Corps sniper. And so part of his job was to pick people off. And he said, the main way to do this is they would try to isolate an enemy officer. They, he'd, they'd have a bunch of Marines go and create a distraction, and so a bunch of the guys would go over here, and then you'd just leave a guy or two, and they're just sitting ducks. They're, they're, they're sitting ducks right there. They're an easy target. Boom, you hit them from, you know, however many hundred yards away, and it wasn't really that hard because they were an easy target because they were all alone They were isolated. There is nobody else guarding them. And when you're away from the rest of the pack, you're real easy to pick off. And that is a key element to spiritual warfare is to not be an easy target. And we've already seen that the enemy, he has flaming arrows. And we studied the Roman soldiers. And and this wasn't just some cute little, oh, wow, they got a little bow and arrow. I'm talking about these guys could rain down fiery arrows upon you. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. They could shoot off three arrows before the first one had ever hit the ground. The Romans were insane with their arrows. And the enemy is also. And so are we afraid of this? Of course, we're not afraid of it, but we do acknowledge that it's real. And so I'm telling you, don't be an easy target. And I'm going to show you three ways tonight how you can not be an easy target, how you can avoid the distractions that the devil will bring to separate you from the rest of the troops. And I, I, I can say this, man. I want every person in here to win the fight that they're in. To win the battle. And you can win it. But it's up to you. No, it's not. It's up to God. No, God already made his choice. He said he wants you to win. He said I'll, you'll always triumph in Christ Jesus. So the outcome of the battle is on your shoulders. Jesus provided the power Jesus provided his will. He said, it's my will for you to, 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 to win. Okay, we can prove that in so many places. So that leaves it up to you. Are you going to do what it takes 
to win the battle? Or are you just going to hope, well, I mean, hopefully something will happen here. You never know. Well, you do know. If you do things according to the Bible, you do know how it's going to turn out. And so let me show you something here really quick. Ephesians 6, 12. Let's go there. Ephesians 6, 12. And so Ephesians 6 is obviously where we studied the armor of God. And we saw a lot of things out of that. The shield of faith, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shoes, the, the boots of peace, the belt of truth. I'm probably forgetting something, but we saw a lot of good stuff there. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verse 12. And this is just a reminder. You better know this. Ephesians 6, verse 12. It tells us, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. What does that mean? People are not your enemy. Get it through your head. You're going to lose if you think that people are the problem. People are not your enemy. It says for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You're fighting an enemy you can't see. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so it listed off there are four or five different levels of demons that there are. Okay, there's different there's different levels of the angelic army that we study in Scripture. And there are definitely different levels and different ranks of the demonic forces. And it just listed a bunch of those right there. But that's not what we're going to study tonight. We're going to study how we can win this battle and how you can keep yourself from being an easy target. All right. And so the first thing we're going to say is this. Number one, to avoid being an easy target, you have to stay in the word. Well, duh, everyone knows that. Well, if everyone knew it, they would do it. But not everybody does it. I know a lot of Christians that do not stay in the Word of God. Now, again, they visit it. We've said that they visit it. They, they like it, man. They draw inspiration from it, but they don't remain in the Word like Jesus said. And so John chapter 15, let's go over there. John 15. If you're going to be a successful soldier in God's army, if you're going to be a disciple... You're going to have to love God's word. And again, I'm not saying you need to like it. I'm saying you have to love God's word. You have to be crazy about it. You have to let it. Even if it doesn't make sense, you still obey it. That's that's how you know you're getting somewhere. Because there's some verses I'm like, I don't even understand why it's telling me to do this. But I better just do it because I need to obey God's word. When you get to that level, God can start doing something with you. John chapter 15 And we're going to look here at verses 5 through 7. And this, I mean, John 15, this is some good stuff right here. This is a great teaching from Jesus that you need to get a hold of. But uh, John chapter 15, let's skip down to verse 5. And Jesus is saying this. He says, yes, I am the vine. This is the seventh time Jesus referred to himself as I am in the book of John. He did it seven different times. This is the seventh and final time. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoa. Nothing? Jesus said, without me, if you're separated from me, you cannot do anything. And he's talking about anything worthwhile, nothing that's going to last. You may be able to make a few bucks. You may be able to accomplish a few things, but it's all stuff that's going to burn up in the end anyway. It's going to burn. But guess what? When you're doing things for the kingdom of God, that lasts forever. And so Jesus said, apart from me, 
you can't do anything. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. My gosh, look at this. Look at the contrast here. He goes from saying, listen, if you don't remain in me, you're useless. I mean, we cut those branches off and throw them into the burn pile. But if you do remain in me, ask anything you want. You'll, you'll have it. Like, what? It, I mean, that's the most obvious choice ever. Do you want to be able to ask for anything you want and it be granted? Or do you want to be thrown into the pile to be burned? What, what do you want? I mean, he gives you the choice right there. And it does not take a very intelligent individual to see what the better option is right there. But listen to me, the choice is up to you. And so he says right here, if you don't remain in me, you can't do anything. You're basically useless. And Jesus would never say that you're worthless. None of us are worthless. He gave his life for us. You're worth a whole lot. But some are useless. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus said that. Why are they useless? They don't remain in the word. He can't do anything with them. I mean, can you imagine coaching, you know, your basketball team or baseball team or whatever? And you've got, you know, you've got a group of guys. You love them all dearly. They're great guys. But some of them, they just won't put any effort in at all. They won't practice. They won't, they won't do anything. But they want to make sure they're there whenever the team wins. They want to celebrate. And, 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 but they don't ever want to put any of the effort in. That guy's useless. Cut him off the team. We're better off without him. And that sounds so terrible. That sounds mean. But Jesus said, listen, people like that that won't remain in me, they're useless. I can't do anything with them. That hurts. But it's the truth. And Jesus said in John 8, 32, that if you would know the truth, the truth would set you free. And I'll admit, man, the truth hurts sometimes, but that doesn't change the fact that it's true. And so listen to me. You are not going to be a successful Christian if you do not remain in the Word of God. You know, sometimes it shocks me. I, you know, I'll come in here in the middle of the week, I'll see somebody left their Bible here all week long. Well, I've got my phone. <laughs> so what are you going to do when you lose your signal or your battery dies? Or I mean, I, I, I get it. I love it. I love the phone thing. I love it. I do it all the time. I listen to it. I listen to it all the way to Victorville and back this morning. Luke chapter 6 through the rest of it. Just listen to all of it. It was beautiful. But listen. You need a hard copy of God's word in your life because this can't the battery doesn't die on this one. They can't shut down cell signal to this one. They can't. This doesn't need an update. Okay, listen to me. Keep your keep it. You know, do the phone thing. We all do. But you need a hard copy of God's word and you need that with you every stinking day of your life, man. Every day. And and, and if you don't love it. okay. again, there's a difference between like and love. There are things that I like and there are things that I love. I love the Word of God. And I know you do too. I'm talking to a room of people tonight that loves the Word of God. So you get this. But listen to me. You have to remain in this. And Jesus said, and I have to remain in you. Whose choice is this? It's your choice. If you're going to remain in the Word and have Jesus remain in you. He said, I'll never leave. I'll never forsake you. He said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. So we know Jesus isn't going to go anywhere. Jesus is doing his part, but for us. 
Are we remaining in the word? Is the word remaining in us? And I challenge us. And we've done this, man. I'm beating the I'm beating the same old drum. I'm not going to say anything new tonight that you haven't heard me say in the last month or two in this place. But listen, if you would give even a tenth of the attention to God's word that you give to some of the other things that you love, you would be shocked at the results you would have. If you would give God's word one-tenth of the time that you give to your social media or your news or your sports or your hobby or whatever it is, you'd, you'd be shocked. But how come it is we can't get people to do that? I don't, they don't, I, I guess they don't, they don't get it yet. But listen to me. If you want these amazing results, if you want, you know, you see these people, man, this guy, he prayed and this guy got raised from the dead. This guy got healed from cancer. This guy over here, he needed a million dollars by Friday and it happened. Wow, how did that happen? It didn't just happen like that. They were somebody that remained in the word and the word remained in them. And then whenever the fight came, they weren't an easy target. The devil didn't just, you know, pop, you know, pop them off with, with, they were remaining right where they were supposed to be. And so, a Christian that never reads the word doesn't remain in the word. They're there. We love them, but they're pretty much a useless Christian. They can't do anything for God. They they cannot be used or else God would be lying. And God's not a liar. And uh, and, you know, we love everyone. We're not making fun, but you have to get a hold of this. You need your weapon. What what's a Marine without his rifle? What's the rifleman without his rifle? What is Chuck Norris without a roundhouse kick to the chops? It's nothing. He's nothing. And so what's a Christian without his weapon, without the sword of the spirit? He's useless. Think about this. How many people in here, how many of you, you eat on Sundays? Okay, I've seen some of you down there at the buffet. Raise your hand right now. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Some of you were at Popeye's last Sunday. I saw you. So you eat on Sunday. And how many of you, the next time that you eat a meal is the next Sunday? You only eat on Sundays. You see where I'm going? No. <laughs> how many of you, you eat every day and you eat more than once a day and occasionally you're like me and you, you eat a little more than you should. All right. So that's all of us, right? Come on. Me and Nick, we got this. We know what's up. So listen to me. Listen. Why would you take care of your body with three hot meals a day? And give your spirit one little snack a week. How weak would you be physically if you ate one time a week? And it was on, you know, it was the same time every week. Man, every Sunday morning, that's my eating time. At a, from 10, from 10 to 11.45. Now, if they go to noon, I'm going to cut out of the altar call because nobody got time for that. That's just for the, anyway, you know, you know how I feel about that now. I've painted that picture. But anyway, so, so, but every, no, listen, I'm a, I'm a healthy person. I, at, whether I need it or not, I eat every Sunday, once a week. Whether I need it or not, I do it. I take a shower once a month, whether I need it or not. Like, it's just, I'm a healthy, I'm a clean person. That's what I am. I get it, man. I'm stable. If you, if that was your eating schedule, I mean, you wouldn't last long at all. You'd be super weak. You'd, I mean, you would, you would faint. You'd be, basically, you'd be physically how you are spiritually right now. Oh! I'm Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We've, <laughs> we've got some spiritual warriors in here. I'm just joking. I'm just in one of those moods, but, but it's the truth for some people. No one in here, but some people. That if, if you, I mean, if you were to treat your spirit 
The same way you treat your body, you'd be a giant, man. You'd be kicking the devil's butt all over the place. You'd be Rambo out there with, you know, a million kills to your name. But listen, you're taking better care of your body than you are your spirit. And then you wonder why your prayers don't get answered. I mean, you're, you know, the kids are a mess. All this bad stuff's happening. Oh, well, God's word said this. Yeah, but it said if you submit to God and then resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Not just any old buddy can go out there and resist the devil. You better be submitted to God or the devil's going to kick your butt. He's going to steal your lunch and pop the bag and throw it in your face. Listen to me. You've got to get a hold of this. Hebrews 4.12. I'm going, I'm taking too long on point one. Hebrews 4.12. Let's go. Hebrews 4.12. But do you see the importance of remaining in the word? It, It keeps you healthy. You've got to be healthy. Hebrews 4, verse 12. So we know that Ephesians 6 tells us that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. That's your offensive weapon for fighting the devil with. And Hebrews 10, 25, uh, excuse me, Hebrews 4, 12 says something interesting also. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. This is not just a book. This is a living thing. It's a powerful thing. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Wow. It's alive. It's powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It, it divides between soul and spirit. There's nothing else in this world that can divide between the soul and the spirit. But the Word of God can. I'm telling you what, man, you have got to fall in love with your weapon. You've got to fall in love with the word of God and you have to remain in it every day. If not, you're an easy target. You're out there on la la land and the devil's going to pick you off. Number two, you need to stay in God's house. Yeah, you need to stay in God's house. Well, brother, I believe the house of the Lord is... <laughs> Some of the stupid things I hear people say... Well, I, be- I This one guy, okay, I was at Food for Less. I don't know. Weird things happen when I go to Food for Less at night. Just weird things. So it's nighttime. I'll go in my pajamas because I'm like, now's the time to go in. It's nighttime. Then they're all wearing clothes. Then, I- So I'll go during the day and they're all in their pajamas. I'm like, I can't get it right at that place. But anyway, ah. Uh, I still go. I keep going. I don't know why. I just keep going. So I'm in there, and, and I run into this guy that I know, sadly. And Joel's like, hey, how are you? You know, where do you go to church at now? He's like, well, there, young man, I believe that that we are the church of God. So everywhere I go is church. I'm in church right now. And Joel's like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. Food for Less is not your church. Uh, you need to have a church, whether it be this one or some other church. You should have a church. Anyway, Hebrews 10, 25, Hebrews 10, verse 25. So it is scriptural. It is right to remain in the house of God. And I don't just say this because, you know, hey, we need more people in this place. We got plenty of people in this place. That's not an issue. And the more people there are, the more work there is for guys like me. So listen to me. Listen to me. It's not about just because we need people in the seats. You for your own good need to be in the house of God. Hebrews 10:25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, 
especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, if there's ever been a time to be a consistent church attender, it would be 2018. I I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that because I'm a preacher and I'm here all the time. I'm saying for your own good, you need to be in the house of the Lord to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You need to be with the rest of the troops. I mean, if I'm a sniper, which I'm not, but if I was, I've got, you know, a thousand soldiers right here and I've got just one guy over there. I'm like, well, I'll deal with them later. Let's get rid of this guy first, get him out of the way, and then I'll mess with them. But I'm going after the easy guy. You take the easy target and you by yourself are a very, very easy target. I heard a story about a pastor went to visit somebody and uh, and, and they had their fire going in their fireplace. And the pastor had been concerned about it because, you know, they had been missing the Lord's house a lot lately. And so he just wanted to show them, you know, what it was like. So without saying a word, he comes up to their fireplace, grabs the, the log poker there, and he, he separates one of the coals from the whole rest of the fire. And within a matter of, you know, a minute, that one coal that was red hot, it just completely simmered down into being nothing. And he's like, get the point? You separate from the rest of the fire, I mean, you're going to burn out. And the saddest thing is that so many people, they fall into this deception. Good people, good, well-hearted, good-intentioned people. And uh, people that at one time, they were on fire for the Lord. They were an absolute force to be reckoned with in God's army. But they start getting this deception that, hey, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I am the church or whatever. You know, I, 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 I can have church. I'm, we're going to do church. We're going to do house church today. And, you know, that's fine. Be your own shepherd. See how that goes. But I'm telling you, people, they start to separate and they're so deceived. I see people doing it right now. They're deceived. And it's obvious to everybody else around them except for them. Because the person in deception cannot usually tell that they're deceived. They think everybody else is the problem. They're judging me. They're they're thinking this over there. and They just want blah, 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 blah. And everyone else is like, you don't see what's going on here? I told this story probably, I don't know few months ago but i heard a story about a guy he was driving home from work right some of you you've heard this but some of you haven't and so his wife's watching the news on tv and she's like oh my gosh that's all over the news there's somebody some maniac is driving the wrong way down the freeway in rush hour traffic and she, this is the this is the freeway her husband takes home every single day. She's terrified, and so she calls him. She's like, "Honey, look out! There is some maniac driving the opposite direction on the 405. You need to look out for the." And he's like, "Honey, you won't believe this. It's not just one guy. It's thousands of them." Like, he was the problem. He was the deceived one, and he thought it was everybody else. And that's what deception will do to you. Everyone else, it's obvious to everybody else, like, he is not who he was. He is not, I mean, he has fallen so far away. And, and here, and I'm, I know everyone's just, listen, it's obvious. It's obvious. Everyone can tell. We're not being mean. We love you. But, but listen to me. Don't buy into the lie that you can be just as strong and not be consistently in the Lord's house. You can't be. Well, I can be just as saved as you and go to heaven. Absolutely right. I agree a million percent. You can be just as saved as me and not actually go to church. You can be saved, but you cannot be as strong as these people that are in here two, three times. You can't be. Impossible. That's like me saying, I can be just as strong as those guys that work out every day and eat right and, you know, 
they're healthy, stuff like that. Listen to me. I, that's a lie. No, I can't. I'm, I don't put in the effort they do. There's no way I'm as strong as them. And that, that's how foolish you look when you say, I'm just as strong as I've always been. Don't worry about it. No, you're not. And it's obvious to everybody around you except for you. You're an easy target. And you think, and the devil, he'll give you a false sense of security. See? I nothing happened. Here I am. I've been doing this. And, and, and here I am. And, and nothing happened. Wow. I feel, in fact, I feel more peaceful than I've felt in a long time. That is a false sense of peace that the enemy is allowing you to have for just a little bit because you're getting further and further away. And he's just lining up his scope and he's ready to take the easy shot. Easy shot. Don't be an easy target. When you are surrounded by the rest of the troops, man, we've got your back. Yeah? And we'll tell you that. We see something come up. Man, get out of the way. Look. And, and we, and you've got our back. We've got your back. We're there for each other. We are surrounding each other. And listen to me. It's a whole lot harder to pick one of them off than it is somebody that's out there on their own believing the lie that they're, hey, I'm totally fine, man. I got this. I'm just as strong as I, I'm, hey, listen, I'm still just, a, I'm the same guy. I'm just not, you know, take, you know, doing the gut. No, you're not. And we can all see it, but you can't. So that's just something to mull that over for a minute. Just think about it, you know, just ponder that for a little bit. But I'm telling you, don't be an easy target. Jeremiah 3.15, let's look at that real quick. Jeremiah 3.15. You picked a good night to come to church, folks. Was that the walking amen? Like Robert gave me an amen to go. Like, can I get fries with that? What just happened? What just happened right there? Anyway, <coughs> Jeremiah three fifteen, and it says this: "And I will give you shepherds after my own heart." And the King James literally uses the word pastors. I will give you pastors after my own heart, who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And so God has a pastor for everybody. Maybe me and my dad, we're your pastor. Maybe we're not. I don't know. But listen to me. God does have a pastor for you. Someone to guide you with knowledge and understanding. Somebody to be there for you. Somebody to disciple you and mentor you and bring you along in the ways of the Lord. And I can pretty much tell you this. You are not your own shepherd. And that's the problem. A lot of people, they try to be their own shepherd. Well, we know that God give you shepherds, a pastor, but then the main shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But again, I think I said this last Wednesday or maybe it was Sunday, but a lot of people, like, you are your own shepherd. And you know, no, I'm not. You're your own boss. You call all the shots. You do whatever you feel like doing. And the Lord tells you to do something and you ignore him. You're your own shepherd. You're on your own, man. And I mean, you're, you're going, we're not saying you're not going to heaven, but you're in charge of your own life. You have not submitted to the Lord. And uh, and so, hey, just you can do that. that you, you have that option. But don't blame him for the results. Don't blame him when the big bad wolf comes and you get eaten because he's like, hey, I, I had you over here when you were over here. I mean, I told you if you said I had you over here, but you wanted to do your own thing and you are allowed to do that. But just don't blame him for the for the outcome. Because that, that's frustrating, man. When you see somebody that's had the truth presented to them a million different ways, and then something bad happens, 
Why did you let this happen? Why did God take this from me? He didn't. He gave you a thousand opportunities, man, to do it his way. But you chose to do it your own way. And then now you're mad at him. Let's not, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You guys get this. But listen to me. You're an easy target if you're not going to remain in the word. And if you're not going to remain in the Lord's house. And I'm talking about consistently. I'm not talking about paying God, you know, doing your God deed once a month. Like, well, it's that time. You better go make the man upstairs happy. Toss him a bone today. That's your attitude, man. <laughs> that is messed up. Number three, number three. And it's this. Talking about how to not be an easy target. You need to stay in the word. You need to stay in God's house. And number three, you need to stay away from offense. You need to not be a sensitive little sissy. Yes. That's about all I've got to say about that. No. Uh, but, but seriously, we all have opportunities to be offended, right? All of, everybody does. Everybody does. And we all have some really justifiable things to be mad about. No doubt about it. And there's a time to be mad. And, but I don't really see a time to just sit there and be offended. And the issue is this. Is that we have people, we know people, you guys know people, I mean, they are easily offended. They don't win any faith battles. They lose them all. They're 0 for 100. They never win. They always lose. Why is that? Well, it could be explained in one Bible verse. Galatians 5 verse 6. But if you're, if you're gonna just wear your shoulders on your sleeve, if you're gonna be offended all the time, you're always mad at somebody. You've always got somebody you've got something going with. Listen, you're an easy target. You, you are, you're a very easy target. So it is definitely time for the body of Christ, for God's army, for, for His soldiers, for His disciples to toughen up a little bit, man. And not be so sensitive. I'm, again, there are things to be angry about in this world. There are some very offensive things that happen all the time. But my gosh, we've got to toughen up. Galatians 5, 6, the King James, it says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Your faith, it works by love. You ain't going nowhere faith-wise, if you don't have the love of God operating in your life. And, you know, there's a lot of people, I know, I know all this scripture, I know, and that's all part of it, but you're mad at everybody. Every time somebody looks at you cross-eyed, you get offended and have a mental breakdown. You know, I'm just saying that, like, you're not where you need to be in the faith arena. And so, faith literally works by love. And I don't know a lot about cars. I'm not, I'm not a great mechanic like some of you guys, but I do know this much. Cars do worketh by fuel. You gotta, you gotta put it in there. You got to. Now, you could have an amazing, you know, sometimes we see these incredible cars come through Barstow, you know, Lamborghinis and, I mean, just stuff that I never would have seen as a kid in my little hillbilly town. But you see amazing things here in Barstow sometimes. You see these million dollar cars. But the fact of the matter is this, that as much as they've got it all together everywhere else, if they don't have fuel, I could beat them. And, and my first car was a 1980 Vet. Good car. Chevette. 1980 Chevette. But anyway. So, but my 1980 Chevette, it could have beat any of these cars if they don't have any fuel. 
No, I mean, it's, it's still, it probably would have still been close. Because it took me, like, zero to sixty, you know, sixty minutes or so, but it, I got there, I got there. I did get there going downhill. But at the same time, listen to me. These amazing cars, they may look like they've got it all together, but it all boils down to they still need fuel or they ain't going nowhere. And some people looks like they've got it all together. They got it, but listen, they're bound by the same laws that you're bound by. Do you realize, I don't have much time here, but God set laws, spiritual laws into motion and we are bound by these laws. Now there's the old covenant law. Okay, you know, we're redeemed from the old covenant law. We get that. But there are spiritual laws in place that we have to abide by or things are not going to work out. Okay, there's physical laws of nature. We talk about gravity. We talk about, and, and those are laws that you got to abide. You play by those rules or you suffer the consequences. There are laws that God set in motion that are for your benefit if you harness them the right way. One of those laws is the law of love. The Bible calls it the royal law, the law of love. That can greatly work to your advantage. But it could also greatly work to your disadvantage if you don't abide by that law. So it's up to you. But God's not going to change it for you. It's that, it is a law. It is set in stone. You are not exempt from it. So faith works by love. That could be the absolute fuel to push you to the top in life and get you over the mountain. Or that could be your Achilles heel that binds you and causes you to lose every battle you ever fight. You have to harness the laws that God set into motion, the spiritual laws. And so a lot of people, they're a very easy target because they don't stay away from offense. They're always mad at somebody. James 3.16, let's let this be our final verse tonight. James 3.16 Amen. I hope everybody's learning a little something. James 3.16. I want to give a shout out to our spiritual personal trainers. We have established a program where I've got, I think, 19 people right now that are hardcore being spiritually personal trained. They're every day uh, hearing from a personal trainer that is whipping them into shape spiritually. And I love it. I'm getting so much feedback on this. Some of my trainers are in here tonight. Some of the trainees, some of the people that are being discipled are in here. But you're getting challenges thrown out to you. You're having to study the Bible every day. You're having to meet with your personal trainer at least once a week. And and again, there's a lot of people that they get into great shape physically, but not spiritually. And so what would you do if you need to get into shape physically? You'd go get a personal trainer. Well, guess what? We have spiritual personal trainers and and there we're getting some people into shape around here, man. There's some people that are going to finish 2018 like champions, man. They're going to kick this year's behind and it's going to be awesome because they are getting into the best shape of their lives spiritually. And it's incredible to watch. Absolutely incredible to watch. James 3.16, King James, it says, for where envying and strife is. There is confusion and every evil work. Envying and strife. There's confusion. Have you ever been in an atmosphere of strife? An atmosphere where there's just, I mean, there's been heat coming out, man. There's been strife. Words exchanged. And if you've been in that environment, have you ever noticed that sometimes there's just, there's a fog, man. There is confusion in the air. You're like, I, you know what? 
I'm done for the day. I can't even finish a thought right now. I don't even know what I was going to do for, I'm lost. I mean, just this environment of strife. Of, of, of disunity, of fighting, of, of, of anger and tension. It, it, it says it brings about confusion and every evil work. That's what I call someone that's a real easy, some, you, some dodos out there confused in the middle of the field, spinning around, oh, I don't even know where I'm at right now. Easy target. Easy target. And so listen to me. You need to big time focus on staying away from strife, from fighting, from always arguing, from always finding something to be offended about, from always fighting with somebody, whether it be at work, home, school, church, wherever, you've always got to get into it with somebody. You're not going to win spiritual battles. You're going to be super weak, super confused and super picked off by the enemy. And so listen to me, you've got to stay away from offense. And, and, and sometimes it's real easy to be offended. It's real easy to get mad. But are the consequences, are the results worth it? Is it worth it to, you know, get your tail handed to you by the devil? Well, but at least I got to tell him off. I, at least I got to go tell that guy what I really thought. And then the devil's, you know, eats your lunch the next day. Was that, was that really worth it? Or would it have been better to just Turn the other cheek, like Jesus said. Go the extra mile. Give the shirt off your back. Would it have just been easier to do what Jesus said than, you know, lose the battle you're in? And so, that's my encouragement for us tonight. Hopefully it sounded encouraging. I don't know if it sounded encouraging, but hopefully it was encouraging that don't be an easy target. You've already got an enemy. You've already got him firing shots at you. I mean, the least you could do is at least surround yourself with the other soldiers, surround yourself in God's word and stay away from silly little things like being offended all the time. Don't be an easy target. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.